Good morning, everybody. It is Thursday morning. Must be time for another episode of the Next Cycle podcast, uh, simultaneously recorded as a vodcast for those of you who might be watching on YouTube. Um, It's also Thursday morning just before Christmas, which means a couple of things. One, it means I need to finish my bathroom remodel project before company comes. Um, So I'll try to keep this short. It also means that I would love to dive into a little bit um, about our holiday traditions. Uh, Most of this is not going to be new to a lot of people. Uh, A lot of people know that, um, you know, the Christian uh, uh, celebration of Christmas really has its roots in ancient Roman and pagan traditions. So it shouldn't take a whole lot to get through. Please understand, I am in no way, shape, form, or fashion um, trying to, uh, when when I offer some of this information, I'm not trying to downgrade uh, your celebrations or your beliefs. Um, in fact, I'll have something very positive to say uh, at the end. You know, I just, um, the whole thing is so, oh, shall we say, um, mythical. That, that it's worth discussing. Um, it's also very ancient. Uh, you know, as modern as we like to think we are here in the 21st century, um, you know, these celebrations, Christmas, and I'm going to touch a little bit on Easter, uh, you know, everything from the date that they're selected to some of the traditions find their roots um, in just ancient ways. Uh, one thing I've discussed in the past is is that really religion hasn't changed at all um, in, in thousands of years. I, I would imagine for the entirety of recorded history, religion hasn't changed. The only difference in now nowadays in Christianity as opposed to many of the ancient traditions is is that we say there's one God instead of multiple gods. That's the only difference. And that one God still shares all the characteristics um, as the multitudes of ancient gods. Um, he also uh, he, he also shares, he, he gets all of the credits that the ancient gods did. Um, you know, so really it's, it's one God instead of many. Otherwise, it's the same thing. And our holiday celebrations are really not all that different either. So, um, like I say, most of this is not going to be new for a lot of people. Um, Christmas uh, finds its origins uh, uh, around about the time I, I would say, I say, I ponder the idea that the Roman Catholic Church is working on replacing the empirical government of uh, the Roman Empire. I think um, using religion to control people is uh, generally much more effective than using government to control people. Why? Um, because people believe religion. It's, it is somehow easier to um, believe in something that can't be seen uh, than it is to believe in the people that actually exist. And, and so, um, and maybe it's the unknown. There's more fear tied to religion. Um, you know, you know, whereas uh, respect for the government or fear of the government uh, might revolve around doing jail time, you know, of, of maybe a few years or whatever. Um, fear with religion, that, that's eternity. If you 
piss off God, you know, you're burning in hell forever. Uh, so there's a greater fear. So it's easier to control people because if you can control what people are afraid of, you can control just about everything about them. Um, and, and that's where religion does such a great job at controlling people. I think that was discovered way back in, in the fourth century Roman Empire and uh, slowly the Roman Catholic Church um, replaced the uh, Roman empirical government. So, um, with that being said, uh, the church was not able to undo um, all of uh, the Roman celebrations. Uh, you know, let's face it, as people, we like our parties, don't we? So, the Romans had a couple of celebrations in the month of December, the most well-known one probably being Saturnalia, Saturnalia. Um, Saturnalia, uh, celebrated the god Saturn, of course, who was a god of agriculture. Traditionally, this was originally celebrated somewhere around December 17th. Um, at some point, uh, the, the Romans decided to include Saturn's wife. I just read this name and I don't know it at all. Uh, but anyway, so, um, she was, uh, uh, the God of abundance, maybe. Anyways, um, and so they celebrated, uh, you know, the God of Saturn on December 17th, the wife on December 18th, and of course, they celebrated the winter solstice, uh, which occurs somewhere um, on or around December 21st or 22nd um, every year. So eventually, Saturnalia grew from a one-day festival of feasting and merrymaking um, to uh, four or five-day festivals. At one point, one of the emperors allowed it to go for two weeks. Um, and, and these celebrations were raucous, as, or, or, um, as they say. These, these celebrations just went on. There was drinking and merrymaking. People were naked singing in the streets and... Um, it was really considered just quite out of control. But the people loved their celebrations. Um, and, and the Roman Catholic Church just couldn't undo that, you know. So, so what does the Roman Catholic Church have to do at this point? Well, apparently we have to integrate these Roman and pagan traditions into the church into the new world order, which is being established by the Roman Catholic Church. And so, to do so, we, we um, decide that we should, or the church decides that we should celebrate the birth of Jesus um, in and around these uh, uh, pagan and Roman celebrations. So, it, it's kind of ironic. It's, it's kind of a fairly easy transition um, solstice celebration celebrated the coming of the sun, S-U-N, into the world. And Christian Christian celebrations of the birth of Christ celebrate the sun, S-O-N, coming into the world. Um, kind of interesting little uh, 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 bit of irony there, I guess. Uh, December 24th. December 24th, yeah. December 25th. How did we come across that day um, as as the day to celebrate Christmas. Well, December 25th, again, um, was the 
birthday of the Roman god of the sun, Mithra. So December 25th must also be the birthday of the son of God. So December 25th started off as a birthday of S-U-N and wound up being celebrated as the birthday of S-O-N. There is another field of thought that December 25th falls about nine months, you know, nine months after March 25th, which uh, coincides in the neighborhood of the uh, spring equinox. And um, uh, ancient uh, people would have assumed that God created the earth on the spring equinox in, in a... Um, in cohesion with the spring equinox. So if God created the earth on the spring equinox, then clearly he also um, created Jesus in Mary's womb on the spring equinox nine months later, December 25th. Um, seems kind of coincidental. It seems very ancient, doesn't it? Um, that in our modern times, we still celebrate the Roman God of the sun we call it something different, but it's the same celebration. It's it's on the same day. We get together for merrymaking. You know, oftentimes uh, Christmas celebrations will include drinking and singing carols and, um, you know, decorating, exchanging gifts. All of those traditions find their uh, roots um, in ancient times. It's, it's nothing modern. There's nothing new um, that we're doing. There's nothing new. Uh, for thousands of years, um, even thousands of even years before Christianity, you know, if we we say Christianity's been around or Jesus was born about two thousand years ago, um, you know, the, these celebrations predate that, you know. So these celebrations they're not new, they're not unique, they're not Christian. We have adopted them. As Christian, and by we I mean society as a whole. Um, there are a lot of people who um, are atheist or who otherwise don't believe in the Christian faith for whatever reason, and they tend to be um, offended sometimes uh, with the wishing of a Merry Christmas. Not really offended, but they just they don't see it for what Christians do. So. Yeah. So so we as a society have adopted these ancient celebrations into what we call Christian traditions. Even atheists accept these ancient traditions as being Christian holidays. That's how that's how great the Roman Catholic Church and by great I don't mean necessarily good but um how uh, uh massively or or, or how Thoroughly, um, the Roman Catholic Church has shaped society. So even whereas even people who don't hold a religion, who don't share the religion, still see this ancient holiday as now being a religious holiday. Uh, probably because the majority usually wins and the majority of people celebrate Christ Christmas as a Christian holiday. So, uh, you know, there are 
a couple of other traditions surrounding Christmas that uh, come from, um, you know, pagan traditions. Uh, our Christmas tree that we decorate every year, um, most of you probably know, that comes from the Germanic tribes. They used to uh, decorate evergreen trees to worship their god. I'm probably going to mispronounce Woden, W-O-D-E-N, something along those lines. Um, gee, I wonder if that's where we also get the word wooden from. Possible. Likely. Uh, so they would decorate um, evergreens. Evergreens were also very popular in other parts of the world because they survived the winter. Therefore, there must be something spectacular about them. So it was in the, uh, sometime in the 1500s that decorating evergreens became a Christian tradition um, or as part of the tradition of Christian worship. And as you know, uh, the Germanic tribes were uh, one of the outside forces that penetrated the Roman Empire that led to its collapse. So it is not surprising that uh, Germanic tradition would integrate itself into uh, the Roman tradition, which is now the Christian tradition. So uh, Santa Claus. Santa Claus, though, unlike a lot of the Christmas traditions, uh, Santa Claus does find its roots in Christianity. Uh, Saint Nicholas, of course, everybody knows him as Saint Nick, uh, Santa Claus. Um, Saint Nicholas was said, one of the biggest things that he was known for, allegedly, and this is where a lot of our tradition comes from, uh, there was a father who had three daughters. The father had no money uh, for a dowry, so he couldn't marry his daughters off because back then, daddy gave a guy money to marry his daughter. Oh, so romantic, isn't it? Um, so the daughters were going to have to be sold into slavery. So Nicholas saved them by uh, tossing a bag of gold into the window of the door uh, or of the home of this father with the three daughters. So now the father had money to offer a dowry so he could marry his, his uh, girls off. Uh, tradition or, you know, some story along the line says that that bag of gold landed in a sock that was hanging by the fireplace to dry. Uh, here's our tradition of Santa Claus. Uh, the name Santa Claus likely ties in from the Dutch name um, Sinterklaas, uh, something along those lines. That's what was brought to the United States back um, in the 1600s. While I'm thinking about the 1600s and I'm thinking about uh, and we're talking about Christmas and the Christian tradition, it's interesting to note that... Um, in the early founding days of our country here in the United States, Christmas was not very popular with everybody. In fact, the Puritans, uh, it was in Puritan culture, it, it was illegal in, in uh, Puritan societies to celebrate Christmas. A couple of reasons. One, uh, Christmas was seen as a British thing, a uh, British holiday. And two, the... Uh, um, the, the celebration aspect of it. Uh, the Puritans were not all about drinking and merrymaking and, and whatnot. That, that wasn't appropriate for, uh, for their society. So Christmas was banned in a lot of 
Puritan, um, well, in Puritan societies, in Puritan colonies, uh, there was no celebration of Christmas. So, like I said, I don't think that's anything new for most people. It's interesting to hear it said, though, and, and that's why I'm going to say it again. Uh, Christmas is not um, the birth of Jesus of Nazareth. I mean, it could be. Nobody actually knows when Jesus was born uh, because back then nobody cared about birthdays. And really, even the first couple centuries worth of Christians, uh, the birth of Jesus wasn't the, the miracle that needed to be celebrated. It was the resurrection of Jesus on Easter. Easter was the Christian holiday. So... While we're talking about Easter, see, nice little segue right there from one holiday to the next. It's also, um, I also want to, uh, the way my research kind of stumbled into Easter was that idea of nine months after March 25th uh, is uh, December 25th. And, and that's why uh, we celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th. So uh, Easter. Easter finds its origins, not surprisingly, um, in, in pagan tradition, in the pagan equinox celebrations. Uh, they celebrated the spring equinox. The earth is being reborn. It's spring. There are trees, uh, leaves budding on the trees, flowers starting to poke up through the ground. Uh, the earth is coming alive. The earth is being reborn. It's being resurrected. Pretty easy transition, don't you think, um, into the resurrection of Christ uh, as a celebration. It, but Easter really is, and, and there is biblical foundation for Easter being um, in the spring. Uh, the, uh, there's Jewish tradition, so um, the Jewish meal of Passover um, is said to have been uh, the last supper that Jesus had with his disciples was the uh, Passover supper. Well, so a few days after the Passover, you know, shortly after the Passover supper, Jesus is quote-unquote betrayed. I'd love to tell you why I say quote-unquote. Um, lost Gospel of Judas Iscariot says that uh, Judas telling the Romans uh, who Jesus was was part of Jesus's plan the whole time um, because he had to be crucified so he could be resurrected so that the world would believe in him. So anyways, um, after the Passover meal, Jesus is, is betrayed, quote unquote, by Judas Iscariot. Uh, eventually, Jesus is tried by the Romans and crucified by the Romans. Um, the tradition likes to say that Jesus was, uh, that, that it was the Jewish religious leaders that were at fault for Jesus's crucifixion. And in the early days of Christianity, that had to be said. The last thing you could do was blame the Roman, um, empire for anything bad. But it was indeed um, the Roman 
empire that crucified Jesus. So, and three days later, of course, Jesus rises from the dead. The grave is found empty. So Easter should be three days after Passover because the Last Supper, the Last Supper that Christians usually celebrate on what we call a Maundy Thursday was three days before Jesus' resurrection. Here's, and it was a Passover meal. Palm Sunday, we celebrate the day Jesus came riding triumphantly into Jerusalem. And that whole week is considered Holy Week. Thursday, again, the Last Supper was a Passover meal. So here's the interesting thing, though, about, about Passover. Is that Passover no longer occurs three days before Easter. Why? Get, get, get really complicated on this one. So the date for Easter is set as the first Sunday following the full moon that occurs either on or after the spring equinox. Follow that? Okay. We, um, in the Christian tradition, uh, because our calendar is very much uh, Christian tradition, um, the calendar that we follow, always celebrate the spring equinox on the 21st of March. So that's how the date for Easter is set, right? It's the first full moon that occurs either on or after the spring equinox, which we celebrate on the uh, 21st of March. Spring equinox, though, the astronomical spring equinox actually varies a little bit. So it's not always on March 21st. Not a really important thing. What is important, though, the whole Passover thing. So Passover, which occurred three days before the resurrection of Jesus, um, and, and is now celebrated as Maundy Thursday in Christian traditions. Passover was celebrated on the 14th or 15th. I read conflicting uh, information, and I'm not an expert, so and it's a day, so it's probably inconsequential. Um, Passover is celebrated on the 14th or 15th day of the uh, Hebrew... Um, month of Nisan, N-I-S-A-N. The Hebrew calendar was a lunar calendar. So, uh, for um, so so it revolved around around the cycle of the moon. So uh, the fourteenth and the fifteenth day was always um, of Nisan. Uh, would have been celebrated as the Passover. So we no longer celebrate the month, or we no longer recognize the month of Nisan. Um, Interesting, ancient Hebrew uh, leaders would on occasion change the the, uh, date of the month of Nisan. Uh, What happens with a lunar calendar is it winds up falling way out of line with uh, the solar calendar. So eventually, every so many years, they would have to add a leap month instead of a leap day to get the calendar right. So if they had to do that, it was uh, uh, the month immediately preceding Nissan. 
uh, was, I think, Ader, A-D-E-R. And so they were just throwing another eight or two, you know, in another month. And that <clears throat> they would do that based on how spring-like the weather was. So the ancient Hebrew priest would walk out on the 14th or 15th, or, or on the days leading up to the 14th, 15th day of Nisan, and say, oh, it is still way too cold. There are no leaves on the trees. Now we're going to go ahead and throw in another month here just to kind of keep things level. So Easter, it's a combination of solar worship and lunar worship or um, the lunar calendar and we bring them together and celebrate uh, the the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It, and it's considered the biggest day, you know, um, it's the biggest holiday for Christianity. So, but it's, its roots are still ancient. I said this uh, very early in this um, series, uh, you cannot separate today from where it came from. You can't celebrate, you can't separate our traditions from where they were born. Just like you cannot fully separate me from my parents or my parents from their grandparents and therefore me from my grandparents. Um, you can't completely separate them. You cannot completely separate uh, our celebrations from where they came from. We are still celebrating the birth of the Roman God of the Sun. Still. And allegedly, we call uh, Roman religion mythology. That's just a myth. That's just stuff people made up because Christianity is fact. Well, if Christianity is so much fact, why are we still celebrating the birth of the Roman God of the Sun? Why are we still celebrating the spring equinox as as a time of rebirth? You know, why? I'll tell you why. And this is, um, I'm going to work on closing this out. It's got to be a short episode today. Uh, why? Because it still makes sense to celebrate those things. Celebrating the birth of the God of the Son. Um, somewhere else it was also celebrated as the survival of the Son. Uh, because it's coming after the darkest day of the year when the sun shows itself. The least, uh, not at all ironic, I'm recording this on the uh, winter winter equinox on the 21st. So it's still worth celebrating. See, every year in, in the spring, when the earth comes back to life, that's worth celebrating. And it gives us a feeling. Um, I know it's not just me, and it's certainly not just Christians, but all of us seem to come alive a little more in the springtime. The dark days of winter are over. The sun is warming us. Things are growing. Uh, oftentimes, you know, uh, I used to have this really, really bad habit of always wanting to buy something new in the spring and a really bad habit. Frequently, that was a vehicle. 
Um, you know, I just needed something different, needed something new because it's spring, it's new, I need to change and I'll trade in my car. Uh, bad habit because it began a cycle of constantly having a car payment for 20 years, which I've finally outgrown. But still, so there's cause for celebration in the planet coming back to life. And of course, I'm only talking here in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, obviously, things are exact opposite in the Winter Hemisphere. Uh, but yeah, so it's worth celebrating. Why Why is Christmas worth celebrating? Why is the, the uh, winter, winter uh, solstice worth celebrating? Why? Because you made it through the darkest day. You know, we did. We made it through the darkness. We're on the upside. It takes a while, but we are going to start noticing the days get a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. And we crave sunlight. Uh, we are beings that crave sunlight. Sunlight is every bit as important to our growth as it is to plants. So yeah, so we celebrate that. But you know what else you could celebrate? And you could celebrate this um, at Easter and you could celebrate this at Christmas and you could celebrate this for Saturnalia. You could celebrate this for for patriotic holidays like July 4th. Um, you could celebrate this you can celebrate the fact that during these times, people tend to come together. We gather with friends and family, of course. We always do that, right? Most, most people um, uh, do that regularly. We gather with friends and family. But it's also a time when strangers become approachable. When you can be walking down a street and see somebody walking towards you that you don't know and you can greet them merrily and they will usually greet you merrily back. I, uh, I drive a bus for a living. I transport you know, 30 to 50 people at a time, generally back and forth either to the airport or from the airport back up to uh, the area where we live. And, and you can see it. You, you can see it in the way they interact with me, um, even though I'm in a service position. You can see it with the way they interact with each other. Um, because the only thing they really have in common is that they're taking the same bus. And it's that time of year. It's that time of year when people come together. So you don't have to celebrate the birth of of Christ to celebrate Christmas. You can celebrate the feeling that Christmas brings. You can celebrate the, the season, celebrate the, uh, uh, the joy, the togetherness of the season. You don't... It, 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 uh, God, just a crazy Bible thumpers. Oh, Jesus is a reason for the season. No, he's not. The Roman sun god is. Um, anyways, but uh, you don't have to celebrate the birth of Christ to celebrate the Christmas season. You don't even have to acknowledge the birth of Christ to celebrate the Christian season. Mark my words, you don't even have to celebrate God or believe in God uh, to celebrate the Christmas season because there is enough to celebrate 
just in the way we come together. Celebrate the feeling of the season. Same thing with Easter. You don't have to be Christian to celebrate Easter. You know, celebrate you know, that, that new feeling inside of you and celebrate the, the almost tranquil way that the majority of society uh, um, interacts with each other during that season, you know, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to celebrate these holidays as religious holidays to still enjoy them. I wish, um, I wish people a Merry Christmas. And I always follow that up with, um, a safe, happy and healthy holiday season, because I know that Christmas is assigned, uh, to the Christian tradition uh, despite its ancient roots, and and some people just don't follow the Christian tradition. But I still wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish for you all the joy and peace and togetherness that the Christmas season can bring. That is that that peace, that tranquility that surrounds the day that has been uh, hijacked by the, the Christian church as a religious holiday. So, Merry Christmas. I mean, coming right up, Happy New Year, or, or Happy New Year, Happy Easter. Um, we're still pagan worshipers. We just give it all new names. And it's okay. It's okay. It really is. So, there you go. A uh, little um, look at uh, uh, the origins of our religious, cel- quote unquote, religious celebrations um, and a good reason to celebrate them, even if you're not religious. Uh, so that's that's the best I can offer you today. It's just a few days away from Christmas. Merry Christmas, folks. Really. As always, my name is William Wilkinson. This is the Next Cycle Podcast, simultaneously recorded as a vodcast. Uh, The website is thenextcycle.org. There you can find links to the uh, different outlets where the podcast is available, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find links to our various social media pages, Um. I don't follow any of them personally. I, I don't keep track of any of them. Uh, my my um, technical advisor does that. My my daughter does that. So she uh, posts these links. Um, so I know we're on Instagram and uh, Facebook, of course. You're probably seeing this on Facebook. I think we have a Twitter account. I don't think we have followers anywhere except for Facebook. Um, and I don't even have, uh, individual accounts for, uh, my personal accounts. I don't even have for Twitter or, or, uh, or Instagram or whatever. So, uh, yeah, but Hey, if you're on those platforms, look us up. It is probably under the name of the next cycle. Uh, could be under the name of William Wilkinson. Either way, there will be links on the website, thenextcycle.org. It's also where you could go to purchase a copy of the book. Um, I've been told it's a good book. I don't read much, but uh, I did write it. So um, 
but I turned to readers to tell me if it was any good. So pick yourself up a copy of the book. Pick up a copy for a friend. Uh, stay tuned. Come back next week. Next Thursday morning, I will be sitting here. Next week, we are going to bring to close uh, this first season of of the podcast. I know it's been short. It'll be uh, five episodes long. That's not a very long season. Not sure how long seasons are going to be as we move forward, but there are a lot of other aspects of the next cycle that I want to touch on, that I want to talk about. So uh, I'm going to wrap this particular season where I've just been focusing on religion. I'm going to wrap that up next week. And we got, we're going to have a lot to cover next week because I want to cover the power of prayer. I want to cover the nature of sin. Um, and I want to cover how religion uh, brings us to and through uh, the change of cycles. All of that next week, right here. So as always, my friends, the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. Namaste.